Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you doing this evening? Well, I am doing in a different time zone. Here I am all the way. Yes, here I am all the way out in California. And reminding myself... 
every 30 seconds for the past hour. You have to call it 4.30, not 7.30. You have to call it 4.30, not 7.30. (laughs) Right on time. uh, Right on time. Hurrah. So, yes, it was a a very eventful boarding. I got to the airport, and I thought, oh, my goodness, the line is like four times longer than I've ever seen it, but I was wrong. It was about 12 times longer than I've ever seen it. And they were really doing their best to deal with a huge number of people who were traveling for Thanksgiving. Um, They even held the plane. My plane was due to take off at 6.04, and I got to the gate at 6.02, and they let me on. Almost unheard of. And they actually lingered. Uh, Yeah, they lingered. American Airlines lingered at the gate for another 20 minutes for more passengers to come and get on. They were stuck in the line. Not really stuck. I mean, the line was moving. It was just a huge, 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 enormous number of people going places all at once. Out of Albany, were you going? Yes, out of Albany. Oh, wow. A quiet little airport, or so I thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's usually a pleasant little airport to go in and out of. <laughs> Right? Wow. Quiet. No one right. there. Well, not not this morning. Mm, Everybody was out and about. Holiday rush, rush. So here I am in sunny California with the air quality alert. And you could tell pretty much as soon as you got, you know, out of the airport and looked around, it was so smoggy. Hard to see the mountains and you eyes would kind of sting a little bit. I know if you live here all the time, you don't notice so much. When I lived in L.A., I didn't notice so much. But uh, even in the northeast, and especially because I live in such a forested part of the northeast, the air quality is much, much better. We finally Mm. had some real frost. When I left left this morning, it was, I think, 19 or 20. Wow. So the rosemary is tucked away inside. She's all happy now for winter. Well, I don't guarantee happy, but she's getting the most light I can give her. (laughs) I love it. That's what what rosemary is all about. Give me light. I want light. Mm. And as long as you do that, she's a happy girl. And if you don't Aww. do that, she'll die. She'll die. She'll drop all of her needles. She'll turn brown. And she'll just die. She'll say, okay, wow. she can't give me life. That's it. I'm not, it's not worth living. Mm. Wow. Interesting. I've not been able to keep Rosemary alive. So that sounds like a super helpful tip. <laughs> yes. That and pruning it. Mm. Really important to prune it. Wow. So nice to know that there's not a problem taking tinctures with me on airplanes. In fact, only once in all of my traveling history, once or maybe twice, has there been any problem at all with my having pictures? And once was at Heathrow, and it was very close on the person who had the bomb in his shoes. 
And they were mm. just going totally bonkers. And they made me dump all of my tinctures out and put them separately, which, in fact, they already were. And they had to open them and smell them and just, you know, make sure that they were okay. And once they did that to their satisfaction, it was pretty much okay. So Wow. Tiny, tiny little airport somewhere deep in the south. So we just got to make sure everybody's safe, you know. To look at all the tinctures and hear about them. And the magic word medicine is what usually makes it okay. So I'm certainly happy to have tinctures to take on the road with me. As a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, I put up a kava root tincture. I'm sure to have kava with me on the airplane, Hypericum and kava Hypericum, to help deal with any jet lag or time. Well, I wouldn't say time disorientation. I am always a little disoriented to time when I switch times. But I don't feel like like somehow I've missed something. It's just a little disorienting. Mm-hmm. And the kava, because it really helps to prevent the kind of muscle spasms that I get from sitting for long periods of time. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Because, yeah, my, I do not, my legs don't feel happy sitting on an airplane. I just can't move enough. Interesting. So did that help? Was it, did it make it better? Kava does make it better. When I was at Red Earth, I also learned that kava is actually specific for spasms in the vaginal muscles. And, of course, they mm-hmm. took a muscle out of my belly and pulled it down and made a vagina for me from it. And that muscle does right. spasm, especially when I have to sit on it for long periods of time. So hour drive to the airport, sit in the airport, you know, for a long time. This morning I got to skip that part. I just stood in line for over an hour. And, <sighs> and sit on the, sit on the airplane, and then you get to run to your next gate, and then sit on the airplane, and then another long drive from the airport to my children's house. Wow. So, yeah, lot lot of hours. Sitting down, so when my husband said, "Oh, can I get you a chair?" I said, "No, it's okay. I think maybe I'll just lie here on the floor." Mm. I think that might just work better for me. So, Kimberly Brown is going to be with us tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What interests you about Kimberly Brown? Well, I was reading her bio, and um, I thought it was pretty interesting when she talks about um, modern techniques on traditional practices. And um, in, in the realm of Buddhism, or, you know, Buddhist practice, which I've found you know, helpful in terms of just getting myself to kind of tune in, it's like I moved back in 2000 and I think it was 2000 
six is the first time I went to a sangha and like actually sat and, you know, got into that and listened to some dharma. And I found it very helpful at the time to just kind of give myself something to ponder on at the time rather than just the same stuff. And, uh, so, yeah, I like that she's bringing modern techniques to traditional practices. I'm real curious about that. I agree. I was intrigued by that part, wondering what what the modern practice was. Yeah, yeah. And whether it's actually a modern practice or a modern way to talk about it. But we'll find out when we talk at 9 o'clock. Kimberly Brown to stick with this. That's 9 o'clock East Coast time. You can see I'm a little disoriented. Let's see. That would be four, <laughs> uh, four five, six o'clock. Six o'clock West Coast time. Matthew, where I am. That's right. Uh, eight o'clock there where you are. So stick with us or come back and hear what Kimberly Brown has to say. Oh, wow, the goats were like really wagging their tails and jumping on each other. And we got one of them into the truck and took her all the way down to Farmer John's. Farmer John brought out his best buck and she said, what is that horrible creature? Oh, my gosh, I'm going to run in the other direction. Oh, that's the worst thing I've ever seen, seen in my entire life. And clamped her tail down and wouldn't have anything to do with him. And so we tried buck number two. Same story. Oh, my goodness. You would have thought she had never heard of such a thing. So we took her home and we brought Ishel. Because Ishel was the one, after all, who had been humping her. And who, when we got her in the truck, insisted on, she kept jumping in the truck. We're like, no, you can't go, Ishel. So we went back home and we got Ishel. And we got Ishel there. And Ishel went, what on earth? Oh, my gosh. What a horrible thing. Oh, you nasty creatures. Oh, and she Stuck her tail in the corner and refused to budge. <laughs> what? It was really annoying, Sarah Ellen. Oh. It was very, very annoying. And then everybody's hunting this weekend, so oh. good luck for us three, three weeks from now when it all happens again. Oh, darn it. Yeah, I heard there was one more go around um, with that, um, supposedly, potentially. Um, yeah. So when, oh, so, okay. Uh, can we, can I ask you a question about that? Cause yeah. uh, I told you, so our experience last week was awkward. There were many dynamics at play, um, in, including some human ones. And, um, I, I didn't object this year. However, had the young woman's mother been there, I probably would have objected because I did object before. So this particular doe that we mated, that we bred, she, last year when we did it, she did it the same way. She was very, like, played hard to get. Like, she wanted to hump first, and she wanted to horn the other goat first and be real rough. Um, But then she acquiesced, and all was well, and she was all into it. Um, But this year when she came, um, the daughter brought the buck, and she's, you know, young. She's, like, 20, 19, 20. But I didn't stop what happened. And I kind of was like, God, was that horrible? So she held the girl by the collar. Now, she didn't have to do anything with the tail. Like, the tail was up. But do you think, is that bad? 
No, it is good. Okay. Okay. Believe okay. me, we, we believe me, we we tried holding these girls. Okay. Okay. Good. I and, feel so much when better it's, now. When it's no, when the tail is clamped, when the tail is clamped down, you know, and no one is giving us a Fleischman, and he's you know <laughs> sticking it, he's sticking it out, but that's about all he's do sticking with it is out. Oh my gosh, that is so frustrating. Yes, yes. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'm glad right. you it's like you see, it's, it's like you want to get out your school mom glasses and put up the blackboard and say, now this is how you do it. Oh my gosh. Ugh. It's just, it, yeah, because it was definitely awkward. He was, um, yeah, it was, it was awkward. But then when he was leaving, she was crying. She like cried for two hours after he left. Like she wanted him back. So. The whole thing was yeah. So weird. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, I hope they get another go at it next or in three weeks. I hope I hope somebody decides not to go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's successful in hunting, so he can come back and be there to maneuver right. the right. for us. <laughs> that sounds just right. That's perfect. Oh my goodness! That was a very thing you need. <laughs> wow. Um, so, do we have anybody with any questions tonight? Oh uh, yes, we do, and I'll remind everyone listening that if you have a question for Susan this evening, please press one. Uh, then we will see your hand go up in the queue and know that you have a question to ask Susan this evening. So, um, right now, let's see. I see one, two, three, four. Uh, five hands up in the queue, um, and actually one number I don't see a hand that I was told to look out for. So um, we are actually I do see the hand. Sorry. Okay, we're going to go there now. So we have five hands up in the queue, and so first we'll go to the nine one four area code. Uh, from the nine one four, you're live with Susan. Wow. Hi. Um, I'm completely new, and I hello. Nice. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, Bye. I, I didn't expect to be first, but thank you for that. Um, yes, I have a fairly urgent question, so I uh, excuse my set, a voice of urgency, but um, I have a question. It's a little bit of a two-part question. I just got your book, Breast Cancer, question mark, breast health, exclamation, and um, I was reading about the page that says alternatives to surgery for breast cancer and um, I've successfully put off my surgery for some months already but it's scheduled now for next week and um, I was just reading about the poke weed and the poke roots um, and I was just you know I, I was definitely that really appeals to me but at the same time, it feels way too daunting to kind of take that on myself, not knowing of any other human that has, you know, utilized that. Um, so that was the first question. And the part two is if I do go through with the surgery, what is the best, um, what are like the best things I can do to prepare for that surgery. It's surgery for early breast cancer. It's a lumpectomy on both sides. It would be, that would be the surgery. <laughs> and 
could you tell me a little more about your diagnosis? Yes. Um, it is. Um, it was diagnosed um, with my only MRI ever. That was earlier this spring um, as stage zero DCIS, a pretty large area, though, um, between seven and eight centimeters. And then on the left, Side, a very tiny area, 1.5 centimeters of stage one. And this is all their vocabulary, not mine. And I do and, also. And, um, you, and, I, and you, got yeah. that, you got that diagnosis when? I got that diagnosis in May of this year, and yeah. I've put off the and, surgery for six months. It hasn't grown. And I just had um, more screening. It hasn't grown. And it during grown. that time. During that time, what have you been doing? I've been taking Chinese herbs and um, mushroom tinctures, and I just started microdosing psilocybin a couple of weeks ago and exercising. I, I yoga, qigong, um, and those kinds of things. Not that so much with herbs. That sounds good. I'm not sure if it's coherent enough for your body. Uh-huh. Yeah. So basically what I'm hearing you ask is this so-called cancer which is stage yeah. zero, meaning not really there, Yes. which has not grown in the past six months, could I, yeah. if I gave myself another time period, actually yeah. reverse it? I can tell you that although I never let them stage my endometrial cancer, they gave uh-huh. it a grade, and on a grade between zero and five, mine was three and a half. Uh-huh. And by the use of herbs, including mushrooms and poke root, over an 18-month period, I got that down to zero. Wow. I did have biopsies every six months. Biopsies, Yeah. I just canceled a biopsy. That was tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not necessarily saying I would if it were my breast. Uh, Endometrial Mm -hmm. biopsy is less invasive. It's invasive, but it's less invasive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I I wanted to monitor to see what I was doing, and my um, gynecological oncologist, said to me, almost in passing, you know, the only risk factor you have, you're a very healthy woman, the only risk factor you have is that you're overweight. Uh-huh. And that at that point, I weighed 185 pounds. I was very vigorously active. Uh-huh. And fit. I could, you know, do a full-out spittle, split, touch my toes. Um, <laughs> it was not in any way interfering with me. But I took that as an external that I could have to say to myself, as I see my weight go down on the scale, so this cancer is going away. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that there was a very direct cue to my unconscious. Yes. Yes. And 
So that helps with coherence. Sure, yes, surely we don't think that we have control over our lives. Nonetheless, it helps to have a plan. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Elizabeth Kubler yeah. Ross was very big about having a plan where you dismantled the cancer, where you went in and with a wrecking ball, and you you know blew it up, or you really got rid of it. And she encountered a Quaker man who said to her, "No, Elizabeth, I can't do that." And she just <laughs> glared at him. She was fond of glaring at us, and she glared at him, and she said, "Will you figure out a way to work with this?" <laughs> and then the next day, he said, "All right, Elizabeth." I am having loving beings coming in and taking pieces of the cancer away. Yes. So however you envision it, a a vision which is going on 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee you that being human, what's going on in your mind right now, at least uh, a lot, is oh my god! Yes. Well, what is it? Oh, what? Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm so frightened. No, I said I was gonna. I asked, right? Yeah. Not because you're a bad person, not because you're out of control, but because that's how our minds operate, and so we have to get in there first. Yeah, it's like how am I gonna endure this? But that's to come first. Right. So I don't think instead of surgery, is what you want. Right now, you have ductal carcinoma in your duct, mm-hmm. found by accident, and yeah. not spreading, and you, I don't think, have given yourself yet a fair choice between surgery and non-surgery. Mm-hmm. You're trying to choose between surgery and some other kind of surgery. Mm-hmm. Or using the the poke root, I guess. It was the only other thing I, I, took, I took. Po- I took poke root tincture. I didn't do it surgically. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, of course, I couldn't. You can stick the poke root on your breast. That's possible. I couldn't uh, stick it on my uh, endometrium. Yes. That was impossible. <laughs> right. And I did very much the same thing that you're doing. I got in touch with people that I had heard of in the herbal community who had had a diagnosis, who had used poke root tincture internally and got them mm-hmm. to talk or write to me about what they did. Mm-hmm. And they used a lot of poke root tincture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I started out with with it one drop, and I took one drop a day for two days, and then two drops a day for two days, and then three and four and so on. And when I got to a place with the amount where I got visual disturbance or I felt dizzy or um, my gut felt upset, um, mm-hmm. Then I went back a drop, or I stayed there until everything settled mm-hmm. down. Or I kept pushing up. I got up to the point where I could take 125 drops of poke root tincture. Wow. <laughs> In this case, I mean, it's it was suggested uh, as a poultice, as a pulse, poultice. I think. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. 
You're still thinking surgery. Mm, okay, I see what you're saying. Stop thinking surgery. <laughs> if you don't want surgery, stop thinking surgery. Uh-huh. Let the folk root work from your bloodstream. Mm. Mm. This is a diffuse cancer. Putting a poke root poultice mm-hmm. on something generally works best if there's a discrete tumor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If there's a lump, if there's a mm-hmm. something that you can focus that treatment on, and you can't, DCIS is diffuse. It looks kind mm-hmm. of like a starry night on the the mm-hmm. picture, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, like a little flex. There's not yeah. like a tumor or a, a center of with things radiating out from it. It's just like little bit like a galaxy. Yeah. Like a galaxy, which is why they want to cut out everything they can see and then irradiate the tissue to get the stuff they couldn't see. Mm-hmm. So my question to you was the same as my question to myself. Are you crazy, Susan, to think that you can do this with Earth? Yeah, that's the question. And part of the answer is how aggressive is this answer? Mm-hmm. With the endometrial cancer, which is an indolent cancer like many forms of prostate cancer and like DCIS, you actually have time. Because I took mushrooms two or three times a day from the moment I thought something was wrong, there was Mm -hmm. absolutely no spread of my cancer when it was finally resected. Not to even a lymph node touching the lymph node where a handsome cancer was. Uh-huh. So I wound up actually yeah. with two different kinds of cancer, one which was in a lymph node, and uh-huh. the lymph nodes touching that were non-cancerous. Okay. So even though, and I knew that the second cancer, which is a vicious cancer, Mm-hmm a vicious gang bully of a cancer. So I did not say about that, oh, let me see what I can do with herbs. I said, uh-huh. I'm going to go get mistletoe and sign me up for radiation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, distinction. So, so you have to kind of have a real sense of what you're working with, how much you can tolerate, being tested and followed because you want that to give yourself peace of mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I already felt the strength and the calm in your voice when you said it hasn't grown. <laughs> yeah, that was a good sign. It's a very good sign. I'm a little so, more worried about the stage one, one side, though, I think. But even though that's a tinier area, yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And let me ask you this. Are you right now drinking nourishing herbal infusions? No, I'm not. That would be the number one thing to do. 
is to buy okay. a pound of nettle, a pound of oat straw, a pound of red clover, a pound of comfrey, a pound of linden. And if you don't have a couple of quart canning jars and a tea kettle and a strainer, get those things too. Okay. And of course, I got the course, nettle today. Yes. Okay. And of course, the scale, you need all five of them. Okay. In rotation, not just one of them. And you got the pound of nettle? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I got a pound, but I got some. I will get more. It's best to buy it by the pound because when you think about it, you're going to use an ounce a day. Okay. I'll go to Flower Power. Yeah. You'd get it and ask them to special order for you. Okay. Five pounds. They should be able to give you a, a special price and give them a big hug and kiss from me. Okay, I will. And you said um, nettle, oat straw, comfrey, red clover, red and what clover was the last? and linden. Linden. L I N D E N. Linden, right. Mm-hmm. And then you have a scale to weigh out an ounce of herb. Okay. You need one ounce of herb by weight in a quart canning jar filled to the top with boiling water. Then stir uh-huh. it. Some of the herbs will absorb water, and you'll need to add more water. Put a lid on it and let it steep overnight. The next day, strain it out. Squeeze okay. the herb. Is it something like comfrey or red clover that absorbs the water? You get all mm-hmm. the liquid out and then refrigerate it. Drink it hot, cold. Add it to mm-hmm. coffee. Put whiskey in it. However you want it, it's good. Okay. Icing it allows your body to absorb more nutrition from it. Uh-huh. So that's a good practice. You, I'm sure you've heard me okay. say. I'll do that, that anyway. I, yeah. That I, that I told no, the surgeons, and there were four surgical teams uh, for different surgical teams, and I told them all, I said, you're not working on a Ford, you're working on a Mercedes. But I want you to treat it <laughs> like it was Mercedes. Yeah. And yeah. The, lead, the lead surgeon, uh, after I was in recovery in the hospital, came in, he said to me, you know, you said you were a Mercedes, but that's not true. He said, you're a Lamborghini. <laughs> he said, you're very uh, healthy, very healthy they're working tissues. working with you. That's, that's your goal, is to have healthy yeah. tissues and to let them know you're a healthy person. Yeah. Now, healthy people have broad diets. They don't throw whole categories of food out from their diet. Yeah, I'm like that. Good. You don't have to eat meat three times a day, but there has to be some meat in your diet. Okay. Especially if you're dealing with answer diagnosis, there has to be meat in your diet. Okay. Okay. When I was recovering, it was one of the few things that I could really eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, That'll after all, what am I, what am I, what am I but, a, but a piece of meat, right? <laughs> meat is me. It's the easiest thing in the world to digest. Uh huh. Okay. I will add and that. Of course, um, of course, you will, you will choose good meat. You will choose organic meat. You will choose pasture yeah. raised meat. You will choose the best meat you can lay your hands on, and it will be expensive, so you won't eat too much of it. It all works out. <laughs> Parcel it out. Um, is there right. a cook <laughs> <laughs> is there a poker tincture you would recommend, or is that something I should make? 
If you live in the northeastern part of the United States, poke will be growing around you, and you could dig the root right now and make your own tincture, but it wouldn't be ready to use until six weeks. Okay, so, yeah. I'm just in the city. Cat, yeah. Catskill Mountain Herbals okay. makes, makes an excellent fresh poke root tincture in 100-proof vodka. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yes, my name is Alistair. I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself at first. It's quite okay, Alistair. But sometimes people don't <laughs> want to say who they are, and I respect that. It's not necessary <laughs> for me to know your name. As a matter of fact, sometimes okay. I forget people's name, call them by the wrong name, and then I excuse myself by saying, oh, well, I must have called you that in a different life. <laughs> um, well, that's a lot to um, to take into account, so... For the coherence that I'm looking for, yes. Thank yes, you. yes. I, I do not think you're crazy to think that you can do this with herbs, diet, thought, yoga, the things that you are doing. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think, yes, I think you need something that's going on in your brain 24 hours a day. I'm beating this. I'm getting over on this. This is a worthy adversary, and I got it. There's one thing I guess I will, I forgot to say that um, the reason why I got the MRI in the first place was because I found out I was BRCA1 mutation positive. So that does also play into the picture. It does. And, well, as far and as so if, if we're going to play that card, then you should have a bilateral mastectomy and an ovarectomy. Yeah, I'm super eligible for all that. So don't think that like a halfway measure is going to do it. Mm. Like if you're really going to play that card, then you play that card and that's away with all that stuff. And if not, you say, I'm going to be aware as this is mm-hmm. not something I'm going to sleep on. I'm not hiding my head. I'm not mm-hmm. drinking carrot juice. Not that I have anything against carrot juice. I just kind of <laughs> use it as an exemplar of the kind of woo-woo that's out there. Yeah. Right? That, that it, the, the more worried you are about the cancer, the less raw food I want you to eat and the fewer pills I want you to take. Okay. I hope you're not taking any supplements of any kind. I'm not. Just the Chinese herbs uh, from my acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. And while I have nothing against it, I neither have anything for it. Okay. (laughs) And the mushroom tinctures. And I don't find and haven't found for myself that mushroom tinctures are as effective as the powders. Okay. Oh, powders. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, what I use to um, my community uh-huh. from uh, Paul Sammy's, and I use yes. um, five defenders from real mushrooms. And okay. I would mix those two mushroom powders in with the tinctures that I was taking, including poke root tincture and hypericum tincture and burdock root tincture and a host of different herbs that that called forth. 
and make it into a kind of paste which I would then spread on a chocolate cookie and eat. <laughs> so that it was like a big treat, right? I'd have a nice uh-huh. cup of hot tea or hot infusion and this frosting, this mushroom tincture frosting spread on a chocolate cookie. That sounds divine. Right. Um, and again, this is, this is, see, see how we are engaging the energy of your resilience and your healing. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the medical profession just keeps engaging your fear. Yes. I, I don't fault them for it, but I wish they could figure out something else. Yes, I wish they would, too. Because it's not yes. useful to you. It's good yeah, to be observant. Traumatic. It's good. It's good to be cautious. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for all of that. But what I keep coming back to is the medical profession rarely deals with healthy people. If you are one, understand they will not understand you. Mhm, mhm. Get I got that picture. <laughs> uh, it just feels like an uphill climb the whole way. So they're going to treat you like an unhealthy person. It's up to you to maintain I'm a healthy person. Yeah. I and even in, the, in, in the, my, pa- my passcode, <laughs> I put yeah. uh, healthy, yeah. Healthy person. Healthy person. Yeah. Every single person who walked into my room in recovery in the hospital, was they were taking my blood pressure, bringing me something, I said, you know, I'm the healthiest person here. <laughs> yeah. Maintain that for yourself. Give that to yourself. Brag about your health, and then live up to it. Mm. Mm. That's a calling. Yes. Right. Uh, I yeah. they, they released me from the hospital on Monday. My regular yoga class was Wednesday evening. I was there. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I slept through it. <laughs> yeah, you heard what you needed to hear anyway. It's a practice. It's not a success. Mm. It's practice. You mentioned five defenders from real mushrooms. Yeah. And which one did you mention from Paul Stamets? My community. Oh, my community. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. I think it's about 30 mushrooms. While herbs work perfectly well by themselves, mushrooms are quite synergistic. They are the connectors. So if mushroom Uh A does four and mushroom B does five, together they do 20. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so you really get a lot more. Right. A lot more from your mushrooms when you use the powders and the mixtures. And both places now have, you, I had to buy the capsules and open the capsules mm-hmm. and make uh-huh. frosting with them. Because, um, of course, <laughs> we, put, we put things in capsules so we won't digest them. But these are mushrooms. You want to digest them. And yeah. um, But now they both sell them in nice uh, packages, spoonable packages of the powder. Okay, and how did you, how did you make that icing again? The powder and what was the liquid? I I I mixed the two mushroom powders together, about half uh-huh. and half, and then I yeah. added tinctures that I was taking. 
until I tinctures. So I was taking Cocoa tincture. I was taking Hypericum tincture. I was taking Echinacea tincture. I was taking Burdock tincture. I was taking Dandelion root tincture. Uh, And I added those, enough of those, so that I got fasting. (laughs) That's very true. Right? So the, the powder was wetted down and made, but stiff enough that I could spread it on a cookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that'll be my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have to be in it for the joy. Mm-hmm. Mm. You can't. You can't make beating the cancer an awful piece of work. Yeah, it seemed like the guillotine. I mean, just the whole surgery right. day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You feel like you're taking yourself off to slaughter. Yes, exactly. So what's most important is to set a time limit. And most of the Mm -hmm. time, medical professionals, if you give them a time limit, will go along with you. Mm -hmm. I'm not with this. I, I need another three months. Can we monitor for another three months? I need another six months, whatever it is. So long as they see that you're in earnest, that you're doing things, and that you're willing to be monitored, most of the time they'll go along with you. Mhm, Even if I've already waited like six months, that like just yeah, because I'm learning new things now and I want to apply them. You like, haven't like waited. You, you you haven't waited. <laughs> you've lived. Yeah, yeah, I've lived. Yeah, that's you've true. Lived. You've lived. You've lived yeah. a healthy life. Yes. That's very important. You've lived a healthy life in which it has been your intention to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You haven't, up until recently, thought there was any way to take care of yourself except by having this cancer surgically removed and you were putting it off. Yeah. Rather than choosing a different way, and that's what mm-hmm. you could be. Do- that's what you could be doing right now. You're looking around to see: can I just choose a different way? Can I just put this whole idea of the surgery totally to the side? It doesn't have to be an herbal surgery or uh, their surgery or radiation. Perhaps this ductal carcinoma in situ. Perhaps my body could indeed as it has for the past six months, keep it in check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in the breast cancer book, I don't know if it's yeah. clear that Betsy, who writes the essay off my chest, had a lump in her breast for years and years and years, and it wasn't until she had a series of remarkable stresses and deaths that suddenly mm-hmm. it became a problem. So... It's important Mm. for you to set up a way to alert yourself. Oh, I'm under extraordinary stress right now. What's going on with my DCIS? Do I need need to pay special attention here? Do I need to do a breast meditation? Do I want to do a castor oil pack? Do I Mm -hmm. want to up Mm -hmm. my poke? 
King Shishu, what? How can I support myself in this period of extraordinary stress? What she yeah. did was to start drinking violet leaf infusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And she, drank violet, she drank violet leaf infusion for, I think, three to five months. Mm-hmm. And then took herself in for surgery, and they said, well, we're glad you've come right away, because if you even waited a couple of months, you would have been dead. Oh. But she wasn't, was yeah. she? No. <laughs> well, that's uh, a breath of fresh air to hear. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, yeah. Yes, and let me remind you, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. That's what they hold over your head, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't do this, you're going to die. Yeah. If you don't do this, you're going to die. Allison, yes. you are going to die. Yes. Yes, that has been said. You are. That is an absolute truth. This will happen <laughs> to you. Yes. So don't let them threaten you with it. Right. Because <laughs> it's already a fact. It's already fact. And mm-hmm. they have no guarantee that if you do what they want, you won't. Right. Right. They have they have statistics, but it, statistics are never a hundred percent. The radiation right. made my can, the radiation made my cancer very very angry. Yeah, I, it would make mine very rageful. I'm sure. Very 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 angry, and so I wound up having to undergo 17 hours of surgery. Mm. But because That's a lot I'm a very, of time. That's a lot of time. And then they put me in an induced coma for 13 hours. And then I was in the hospital for two weeks, home for two weeks, back in the hospital for two weeks because I was throwing up water. Was that around a different situation? Oh, that was my my great timing, May 2020. The best time to do something in New York City. Right. (laughs) I was coming into my room and I remember that day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee, yeah. golly, golly. So at least yeah. you get visitors <laughs> uh, if you if you need them. But, uh, you know, when I really have major kind of decisions to make, one of the ways uh-huh. that helps me is that I set aside some time. I like to take a whole day. And I live yeah. that day as if I had done this thing. And then the next day I live as if I had done this other thing. Okay. Because I because because I don't. It's hard for me to really know until I've jumped in. Yeah. And so I give myself a little practice jump in. Okay. Maybe I should take a day and. <laughs> no. um, yeah. Imagining yeah. just taking a half day for one and a half day for the other. Half day for the other. Well, there you go. And really, and not just imagine, you know, what it will be like next week, but next month, and next year, and three years from now, and five years from now, and ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I choose to do this, where do I think I will be ten years from now? Okay. It always helps to have something to look forward to. Yes. Yeah. Your gene mutation is not a hundred percent guarantee, is it? 
No, and it, it's actually not it's, the one. It's, this cancer is not the one associated with it the most. This right. CCIS is, is not the one. It isn't. Right. And even the the gene mutation you have, it, what, it brings your risk up, I mean, high, but what, 75, mm-hmm. 80%? It's not 100%. It's not 100%. But I do have family history of, yeah, family history of aunt, sister, and so you, cousin. You, that, yes. So you have to yeah. be alert. You do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you, had, if you had surgery, would you still have to be alert? Yes. Yes, I would. I mean, Ta-da. maybe. Huh. <laughs> 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 If I choose Maybe temporarily surgery, left, I have to be yeah. alert. And if I choose surgery, I still have to be alert. I, you know, I still remember the kind of shock that went through me when my wonderful gynecologist <laughs> said to me, well, we'd like you to come back for regular screenings. And I said, why? I said, you said that we get clean margins and there's no lymph node involvement. She said, well, cancer therapy causes cancer, and we like to catch those early. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, it's a whole new... It's like we want surgery to be our fairy godmother who waves a magic wand and makes everything okay. But that's not what happens. Yes, that is the the promise. Not. That's not what happens. It's not what happens. I I know. It just seems like for one hour you go in and then you're recovering for the rest of your life. If it's necessary, it's necessary. Your question is, is it necessary? My answer is, it doesn't sound like it to me right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I think I think you have more time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without endangering yourself. Mm-hmm. The danger is that it will metastasize. The danger is that it will spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My experience says if you're drinking nourishing herbal infusions and you're doing your mushrooms and you're working with poke root and other herbal tinctures, then it's, you're not going to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could stave it off for some time. It's not going to spread. It's not going to get, you know, it's not going to metastasize. It's not going to get into the lymph system. Are you going to be able to actually get rid of the cancer? It's a worthy opponent. Mm-hmm. I woke up from a yeah. dream and, and called my doctor and said, I want a progesterone-eluting IUD. And she said, what? I said, yeah. Yeah. I had a dream about having an IUD with progesterone to block the cancer from feeding on estrogen. Oh, that's, yeah, seems like a great idea. So be open to your dreams. Be open to what you're called to do when you are dealing with a worthy adversary. Yeah. I did have a very uh, bad dream before my first biopsy, and then the biopsy experience was as bad or worse as the dream. (laughs) So it was a warning of that somehow. I'm glad to hear that your channels are receiving communications. 
Yes, here and there. Yes, there are. Yes, yes, as as needed. You probably yeah. wouldn't want the want the radio on all the time in here. <laughs> right. Right. These are these are momentous decisions. Shall I do this surgery or put it off? It you don't get seconds on it. If you decide yeah. to do the surgery, that's it. You don't get to undecide. So the you know, these are these are things that really um can keep us up at night tossing and turning. Yeah. Or we we can, as you just thought about, spend a day being one, half a day being one, half a day being the other, and then make a decision. And make that decision based on feeling good about yourself, right? It's Mm -hmm. you, you you have to live with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so true. <laughs> um, so you can't make a decision based on what other people want. If other people would be offended if you made that choice, mm-hmm. it it really has to be a choice based on your joy. Yeah, and the strength of mind around that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I think it it sounds like I should at least, like you were saying, something about biopsies. I, there is an, an area that has also been there since six months ago, but they never biopsied. So they, they wanted me to biopsy that before surgery. That seems like something I might. Ah, you might do in lieu do. of the surgery. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Bernie Siegel used to have people that he was working with draw pictures. Draw a picture of yourself now. Draw a picture of yourself after surgery. Draw a picture Mm -hmm. picture of yourself after radiation. Draw a picture of yourself after chemotherapy. Okay. Yeah. Let that, that part of yourself that is wise without words. Okay. Have a little air time. Okay. And and be willing to support yourself. Once you make a decision, support yourself in it. Okay. Right? So I'm good yeah. enough to I'm good enough to make this decision. I don't need to keep tossing yeah. it and turning about it. I've given it due thought and I have decided. Yeah. And okay. I'm I'm a careful, watchful person. I'm not hiding from anything. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. It's a wealth of wisdom. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Allison. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be uh, on the next Zoom, hopefully. Wonderful. I'll see you there. Green blessing. Thank you. I think Thank that's you. tomorrow Green night. Blessings. I think that's tomorrow night, in fact. Green blessing. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And it looks like at this time we have five callers that have pressed one to let us know that they've got a question. We'll go to the next caller that's dialed in from the 619 area code. From the 619, you are live with Susan. Hi, 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 Susan. Hi
Hello, Susan. Hi. I called a couple of weeks ago about UCI and promised to call back. Yes, and thank you for calling back. Know. I do remember. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, think, it seems like uh, it's go, going away, my symptom. And my uh, test for UTI was uh, negative, but I still uh, was drinking uh, cranberry juice for a few days. And maybe it helps. To relieve the symptoms. Hello. Hello. Thank you for helping me on that. I am so glad to hear that your test came back negative and that your <laughs> symptoms have gone and that you are feeling wonderful. Uh, Keep some cranberry juice on hand. Just in case it comes back again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, and uh, I wanted to ask the different question. It's about okay. dental health. Yeah. Uh, uh, I need to go to my dental clinic uh, next month. And I know that they will uh, insist on me having an X-ray. Uh, I haven't done one for a few years, almost three, and I don't want to do it. But they uh, kind of very, very uh, kind of forcing me to do it. Well, here's what they think. They think that there is some risk from the X-ray. They think that that risk is less now than it's ever been because it's computerized. So it's a very, very short burst. And they think that the risk of having an untreated cavity is greater than the risk of the radiation. Mm-hmm. And they can't see the cavities without the x-rays. Mm-hmm. Depending on the general state of your teeth and the rest of you, having a full set of dental x-rays every three to four years is very conservative. Most dentists would like you to do it every year. So that you've gotten them to agree to not do it for three years is already quite extraordinary. I've actually had students who told me that their dentist said that if they will not allow them to take x-rays that they should find another dentist. Yes, that's what I expect they will tell me soon, maybe next week. So I'm not sure what to do. So so Um, what what is your particular difficulty with the dental x-ray? My difficulty is that uh, my dental health uh, is not perfect. 
I have some crowns and mm -hmm. one implant, and I've already kind of been exposed to X-rays a lot in the past, but only recently I'm uh, concerned about... The, the amount of radiation in the dental X-ray is very, very little and very localized. Mm -hmm. As I said... Most dentists would say that the risk of something happening to you from the radiation is far, far less than the risk of something happening because you have an untaken care of cavity. And I don't just mean in your mouth. Dental health is very strongly linked to heart health. With an x-ray, we can see see a cavity in between the teeth and get that filled so that it doesn't dig into the root of the tooth and necessitate a root canal. I often say to people who just say no to x-rays that I hope they're going to say yes to root canal because they're setting themselves up for it. I think it's better to do the x-rays. Then not. I I think that if you're going to the dentist, that it's part of going to the dentist in this day and age, in the same way that we are talking on the telephone. One of the reasons that most people in Westernized countries live longer is because of dental x-rays and good dental care. Mm -hmm. And how often you do x-rays dental And again, I don't, I don't go to a dentist where I need to get dental x-rays um, on a regular basis. I go to a um, periodontist for my cleaning and they never need for me to get x-rays. So it works out fine. If the hygienist feels something. She says, can I take a little spot x-ray right there? And I say, yes. So, it, again, really very much depends on the state of health and what's actively going on with you and your body. So some people it's necessary to follow the health with x-rays on a yearly basis because they're literally, and I make the pun, they're literally, the clear health is decaying that fast. For other people, like perhaps yourself, who take care of yourself every three years is more reasonable. And uh, if I do the X-ray, then uh, is there a way? I, I remember I heard in one of the podcasts about uh, really, uh, re removing that uh, exposure somehow after. Just seaweed. Seaweed helps remove radiation from the body. 
And be sure, to use a little, be sure to use a little yarrow tincture when you're brushing your teeth or the mouthwash afterwards. That helps to cut down on cavities as well and bacteria in the mouth. Yes, I wanted to try, but... Do you know if... Uh, I mean, uh, does it cover the teeth or no? I wasn't clear on what you asked, but what I'm going to say is green blessings and see if I can answer a few other people's questions. Is that okay? Uh-huh. Okay, thank you very wonderful, much. Wonderful talking to you. Evening. Call again. Green mm-hmm. blessings. Bye-bye. All right. And the next caller will go right to you from the 210 area code. You're dialed in from the 210, and you are live with Susan. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. So nice to talk to you. You're a wonderful treasure. Thank you. I What's have, up with you, Tim? Uh, I have what I think is a fun question. <laughs> um, well, I think it's fun anyway. Um, I got this really cute um, old-time antique-looking first aid kit, uh, the metal kind that says first aid kit on it. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh, what am I going to fill this with? I'm so excited. And I'm going to call Susie and ask her. Sorry, we, me and my friend always call you Susie. We always say Susie says. Um, <laughs> so I said, I'm going to call my, her. My, my childhood nickname was Susie Q. Oh. <laughs> Um, you know, I have a full apothecary and stuff, but it's just this cute little kit, and I was just thinking, oh, it's kind of small-ish. So I was wondering what you think would be your maybe top five things to have in a first aid kit. I have children at home. Yarrow tincture. Yes, I just bought a big bottle of that. Okay. Hypericum tincture. Yes. My favorite. Okay. Plant. Plantain salve. Yes, or, I have some or, of that. Or, okay, or comfrey or calendula. Okay. Echinacea tincture. Mm-hmm. And something for pain relief. I like skullcap. Yeah, me too. I love skullcap. Helps me sleep sometimes. I need that. I love Skullcap also. If you, um, thank you. If, and, you and, know and I've, if, I've, we, can, if we can go to six slippery elm balls. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. I, and are those, I always keep those in the fridge. Are those okay at room temp? I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, they're totally know. fine. You, they don't have to be refrigerated. I've never refrigerated them, in fact. Okay. I live in Texas, I just, so I, I just, I always oh, refrigerate them. <laughs> I understand. I put them in a tin, you know, like a Altoids tin or something like that. Yes. Okay. One of those hinged tins, and I just have them around. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. they're a good thing to just have all the time. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fun. That's great. And I literally have every single one of those already, so it's really so fun to assemble. Awesome. Yay, thank you so much. <laughs> um, <You're welcome. laughs> I, I wonder if you could talk just for one second or not one second, as long as you could about um, histamine response, if it 
seem like obviously if you get like a bee sting or something, you know, you might have a histamine response. But I felt like after I had a baby, I felt like I started mm-hmm. having histamine responses to foods. Like I would get itchy and things. Yeah. Well, in my first aid kit, I keep OSHA root tincture, which stops that right away. Did you say OSHA? OSHA. Okay. Yes, I have. I keep some of that in my purse. Yeah. Okay, OSHA does tincture. It, and does, then, it help, does it help you when you get those sensations? I I actually haven't taken it for that because it just the itchy. I usually just take some St. John's wort tincture. Ah. And because... Because I, I, I sometimes wonder if it is just kind of nervous system related. Nerves, right. <laughs> um, so hard to You know, I'm just itchy because I'm like irritated, you know, <laughs> or something. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I sometimes felt like it was, I, I thought it was maybe, I first started noticing it after I had children and once in a while we would eat pizza. And I'm from the East Coast originally, but I was eating it in California so, of course, it wasn't as good. <laughs> but I would eat it, and then I would feel that itchy-ish feeling. And then I would eat stuff from my husband's restaurant, and I would say, does this have canned tomato in it? And he would say, yes. And then I started kind of linking these things up. And then, oh wow, I don't know. Yeah, I just felt like it happened. And, of course, all the most really... yummy foods are high in histamine. So <laughs> all the aged cheeses and fermented and, and egg yolks, right. which I ate a ton of, and you know. Uh, how are you doing on drinking your nourishing herbal infusion? Oh, of course, fabulous! <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Many people find that after continued application of nourishing herbal infusions, that those responses calm down. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. I know you have a lot of callers. Thank you so much for your time, and I really want to make a T-shirt that says, Meat is Me. Meat is me. Yeah, on the back, I'll put your name in quote, quote, you know. It's me. I'm just a piece of meat. Hi. Yes, that is just perfect. I wrote it down. I'm going to remember it forever. (laughs) Thank you, you wonderful, you wonderful person. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Good night. Green blessings. Green blessings. All right. And we have three callers remaining with their hands up. We'll go to the next caller that's dialed in from the 510 area code. From the 510, you are live with Susan. Good evening, Guru. Guru Weed. Good evening. How are you? It's lovely to hear your voice. Um. I had a question for you. Um, a number of years ago, I was um, diagnosed with herpes. And, you know, since then, um, I was given a cyclovir. And I decided that I didn't accept the diagnosis. And I got rid of the cyclovir. And I've been absolutely fine, had no breakouts. And this is all in my, in my, in my, vagina, area, in my vagina and around the area of the labia and for about a year absolutely nothing nothing no breakouts no no sores nothing and then all of a sudden it kind of made a comeback so now I'm taking a cycle of air again reluctantly I've tried a couple of things like honey um but yeah essentially it didn't really work and it's so painful and so uncomfortable I don't really have an alternative 
So although I drink the the wise women the wise woman herbs every day, and I'm uh, you know getting a lot of help from friends, um, I'm just wondering if you can tell me your thoughts on us on on this particular issue in the very sensitive and sacred area of the vagina. She drinking nourishing herbal infusions. Yes. Right. And using a scale and weighing the herb out and letting it speak for a significant length of time. Those are the things that are really, really important. Yes. And, though, and nonetheless, they do not make this able to leap over tall buildings. The single bounder has bullets bounce off of us. Herpes is a virus, and as we know, viruses are very, very clever. And it not only is clever, but it appears in quite a few different forms, and it tends to live in the nerve endings, Mm. and it is most active when we are stressed. Mm. Yeah. In fact, it can be looked at as a very good stress indicator. Mm -hmm. So I would guess that during the time when you didn't have any symptoms, things were chugging along in your life. Mm -hmm. And then something changed. Now, stress can be positive stress or negative stress. Getting a promotion, Mm -hmm. getting married, going on vacation, those are stressors, just like Mm -hmm. getting a divorce or losing your job or having somebody Mm. die. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be something awful. Mm -hmm. Just an increase in the amount of stress that you can handle and tolerate. Mm. So you can take that as a invitation to Bring up your resilience. Bring up your ways to cope. Mm. And let, you know, before it gets to that awful place, there are subtler symptoms. Mm. And if you respond to those subtler symptoms by relieving the stress, often the outbreak doesn't occur. Mm. I hear you. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's um, hypericum oil. Why, as soon as you feel any tingling, any prodrome, any sense, even if you think, oh, gee, I wonder if, that's the time to start putting on hypericum oil. And then to mm. also take hypericum tincture internally. Mm-hmm. Many people also like burdock for its ability to clear it. Of course, got reputations being a blood cleanser during the syphilis years when they didn't want to say mm. the herb is good for syphilis. They said it was a blood cleanser. So would I, now, would I now, nowadays we would say, oh, it helps the body to deal with viruses. Okay. Susan, would I take the burdock root as a tincture internally or would I apply it topically? I would take it internally, but it doesn't have to be as a tincture. Mm. And you can buy it and cook it. You can make vinegar of it. 
Somebody gave me a tub of burdock miso. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yummy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I am really listening to my body, and I, I love my vagina so much, and I'm always trying to take care of her. And prior to coming into yeah. menopause, it was a hormonal thing. Every month um, in the first few days, so just before I would get my moon, I would get a little outbreak. But I don't have my moon anymore. So it's very, uh, I have nothing to sort of anchor it to. So I believe yeah. in that. It must be must be a stressor. I'm going to have to really yeah. tune in. Yeah. 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 And not to find out what's wrong with yourself or beat yourself up, but to find ways to be kinder to yourself. Ah, yes. I totally agree. And thank you for telling me about um, St. John's Wort. Is that it's right? Such, is that it is absolutely, it is hypericum. It is such a specific, again, the turkeys. Well, your wonderful student, Shay Savoy, I was with her recently, and I, I had a little shoulder ache. And she said, hey, put on some St. John's Wort. And I said, St. John's Wort? And she said, yeah, that's what Susan calls it. So I did get some from the Catskills. So are you saying that I can take the St. John's Wort Internally, but I can also apply the oil topically onto my labia, as in when I need I'm, to. I'm, absolute, I'm absolutely saying to apply the oil topically and to get the tincture to take internally. Ah, okay, okay. I will try these. I will try both these things, yeah. and um, I will be. I will definitely keep an eye out for stresses and just try to slow right. down and yeah. kind of to myself. Thank yeah. you so and, much. And use the hypericum consistently and often. If you apply the oil, if you can have the oil like near where you go to the toilet and Mm. you can apply it every time. So that would be Mm. four to six times a day. Okay. Wow. I can't wait to experiment. Right. And, And have the tincture handy so that you take it Several times a day as well, up to four or five times a day wouldn't be a problem. This sounds incredible. Every time I take in a cyclovir tablet, I just wonder, who are you and what are you doing? You know, we had a conference about hypericum. And Mm. a wonderful man who didn't want to show his face did a video of himself throwing a pot on a potter's wheel. And he talked Mm. about how his, his daughter had taught him how incredibly antiviral hypericum was, and that wow. he, as a, and that he, as a naturopath, had such good results using it against all kinds of herpes infections. And then she was telling him what a really good antiviral elder was the next year, and he thought, well, maybe I should put hypericum and elder together, and they can cover a broader range of viruses. And then. <laughs> And, then, and, he, and he says this. We don't see his face, but we, we know he says this with a totally straight face. He says, but I thought to myself, no, remedies are really better if they're in three. So I'm going to have it be Hypericum and Elder and a Cyclovir. <laughs> wow. And he says really? it's, a dynamite, it's a dynamite combination. Oh, wow. This is fascinating. Thank you. Thank you for your knowledge and your wisdom. And I am going to experiment and I will report back. 
I so appreciate that. Great blessings. Good night. All right. And there are two hands raised, about five minutes left. We'll go to the 630 area code. In the 630, you're live with Susan. Hi, Susan. My name is Christina. I have spoken with you before many years ago. I'm going to try to go fast because we only have five minutes left. But um, I used to live in New York. I, I met you when I was there when I was pregnant with my son 24 years ago, and that's where I first learned of um, herbal infusions, and I've been doing them ever since. Um, oh, good so it's on been you. about wow. yeah, not da- yeah. not daily. I mean, there have been times where I have like kind of stopped doing it, and then I go back and. Um, and we moved to uh, Texas from Chicago about a year and a half ago. And it's been kind of a stressful year and a half, as it's been a stressful time for everybody in the world. But um, both our kids came with us, 24 and 19 now. But um, we've had quite a few family tragedies the last year and a half and just difficulties. And um, so I... Oh, where do I start? Um, I broke my arm is what happened. I, I fell off a stool. I, I was stepping off a stool, and I made the mistake of not looking behind me, and I stepped onto a piece of my son's musical equipment that was up kind of high, and I just I fell to the left pretty hard onto the ground. And it was four days after our Labrador retriever died. He was um, in his 16th year, and it was really a horrific uh, couple of weeks towards the end with him. And so it was four days of me not sleeping and just being really stressed. And and um, then at the same time, while my dog was dying, I was getting phone calls from my brother-in-law that my 42-year-old nephew, who attempted suicide in um, January, um, long story with him, but got very sick after four COVID shots and wasn't in good shape before that. And took an overdose in January and then I was getting all these calls while my dog is dying and I'm trying to care for him while he's dying that my nephew wants to kill himself again and they want me to go to Wisconsin to be with him to, you know, I'm always a savior in the family. And uh, so I look at this as my arm breaking as something had to break, you know, and um, but the medical community, because I had to go, I don't really go to MDs anymore because over the years, after knowing you, Susan, and I've just gradually moved away and worked with um, chiropractors and naturopathic doctors. And I had a great doctor in Illinois that's a DCND who did pap smears and blood work and everything and thermograms and all that great stuff. And um but I don't have her anymore. I, I don't have any doctors here yet. I'm trying to find them. And so I had to go to an orthopedist. And, um, you know, I, I kind of look at it when I have to go to an MD. I just use them for what I need, <laughs> you know. I need the x-ray to confirm if I broke it. I broke the distal tibia or the distal, um, I'm sorry, radius on my left hand. And, um he did have to reset it. It, 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 you know, I had a choice if I wanted it reset, and I chose to get it reset to make sure it was, like, anatomically correct before it started healing. So, of course, right away I've been doing the, the you know, um, uh, uh, what's it called? I do um, red clover, um, 
stinging nettle, oat straw with one tablespoon of the horsetail herb. And I also went back to doing yogurt every day, six prunes a day. Um, I'm wondering if I should add comp relief. Um, I do do eggshell. I, I dehydrate my eggshells and I grind them to a powder. So I add a, like a quarter of a teaspoon or half a teaspoon to my yogurt. I stopped doing yogurt and dairy for a little while because my naturopathic doctor in Illinois, and I wanted to ask you this, she's real big on the blood type diet, and she's very much against any dairy. And I've always been on the fence about that because I truly believe in, um, you know, raw milk and raw cheese and kefir and yogurt. And um, so I stopped yogurt for a while. And um, so now I'm back on it. But, you know, I started noticing I was getting like these kind of like these little holes, like pits in my nails. And I would ask her, why do we have those? But now that I'm eating yogurt again, they're starting to diminish. It would be like in my nail bed, you know, on, on one or two nails. But anyways, it is, and I also do natto. Um, I eat, you know, a, a little bit of natto every day. But the doctor, the, the orthopedist, keeps trying to scare me for the second time today in six weeks he's you know because I'm 59 he's like you know have I talked to you about this you really should have a bone scan you know because at your age I don't want to see you breaking more bones and you know you might have you know you know when I look back at your x-rays they're not really you know totally white and you know I, I would say you might have osteoporosis and you know, uh, what did he say, um, arthritis, and you really should go. In the, la in the, in the, la in the last minute um, left to us, what I would like to okay. encourage you to do is to um, make comfrey leaf infusion using one okay. ounce of comfrey leaf to a quart of boiling water. Yep, I know how to do that very well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'd like you to be drinking some comfort leaf infusion on a daily basis. A cup or two a day is good. And then are you rotating through the other infusions? Oat straw, red clover? Yes, yes I rotate. Good. Okay, mm -hmm. wonderful. So continue um, rotating those, so, but also add so, a quart of comfrey every again, day. Like one again, to two yeah, just, uh, you know, just include more comfrey on a daily basis for a while and I understand what your doctor is saying but by golly gosh really we want to be manipulated by fear oh well, he said uh, to me today Susan he said I have a great um, osteopathic doctor across the street and you know there's medications we can get you on <laughs> I know right it's like enjoying <laughs> on top of it Anyhow, I do have to say goodbye to you so that we can okay. say hello to Kimberly Brown. Thank you. Just stay on comfrey indefinitely? Oh, give it six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. Thank you, Susan. You're welcome. Great blessing. Okay. Bye-bye. And I want to introduce Kimberly Brown, a popular meditation teacher and author who leads classes and workshops that emphasize the power of compassion and kindness 
to reconnect us to ourselves and others. Her teachings provide an approachable pathway to personal and collective well-being through effective and modern techniques based on traditional practices. Kimberly Brown studies in both the Tibetan and Insight schools of Buddhism, is a certified mindfulness instructor. An updated and revised edition of her first book, Steady, Calm, and Brave, 25 Buddhist Practices of Resilience and Wisdom in a Crisis, was re-released in January 2023. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Hello, Suzanne. It's so nice to meet you. And you too. I'm so glad that, that you're offering people help in getting through trauma and crisis because it is in all of our lives. What led you to yes. this work? You know, Susan, my own trauma led me to it. I had trained to be a psychotherapist, and um, and somehow I didn't – I trained for about four years, and I didn't feel that it was – that diagnosis was the, the, the right way to approach things. I didn't feel like my um, – my work as a clinical trainee that that people were suffering because they needed understanding and healing, not necessarily a label. And so I left that discipline, and soon after I started having panic attacks. And I knew um, why I was having them. Susan, I could tell you, you know, it was here, it comes from here, and this is my history and my old trauma, and I did not know how to um, meet them or work with them at all. I just didn't have the tools, Uh, and that's what led me to meditation and and into the Buddhist path, uh, because they have some very concrete skills and training that you can use to work with your mind. So you found in your panic attacks that your mind was frightening you. That's exactly it, Susan. Yes, and I didn't know how to relate to it. All I knew was I I kind of just wanted it to go away or I would try to push it away. And then, you know, coming to meditation, uh, in, uh, certainly in the tradition that I study in, it's a different approach. It's an approach to say, well, this is here. And I can need it. I don't have to get rid of it or cling to it. Um, And I can learn to bring compassion to my experience, to be able to say, wow, I'm really struggling right now, and it's okay. Yes, you don't have to beat it up. You don't have to eat it up. You can just meet it. That's it. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross used to tell us, you're not okay, and I'm not okay, and that's okay. Okay, yes, that's it. That's perfectly said. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and most of the the students that come to me, and you may have a similar experience as as a healer, um, people want me to help them get rid of all their difficult feelings, 
all their pain and suffering, and then they're going to be okay. And I, I get it. I used to feel that way too, right? But to be human is to embrace all of it, right? To welcome our entire experience, our joys and our sorrows. And to have the tools to deal with them. Yeah. That and yeah. that is what you are offering people. Because whether we are knocked down by an experience or knocked for a loop by it or knocked out of the ballpark by it has a lot to do with the stories we're telling. And Buddhism and mindfulness taught you some different stories than you grew up with. Yes, very much so. Um, well, for example, I was I was always led to believe that to be happy, Susan, meant I would get what I want. And if I wanted to make you happy, I would give you what you wanted. And yet Buddhism says, no, happiness is not a state that is contingent upon circumstance. Happiness is something that we can create in ourselves, a sense of um, a, an abiding sense of um, feeling okay with what's arising, with being able to wish ourselves and give ourselves kindness and love just as we would anyone else. And to be able to recognize that we deserve to be happy because everybody does, not because we're special or we have to earn it. And that is that was so radically different um, from what I had experienced as a child. Mm. Yes. I sometimes think, you know, that one of the reasons that we have really such a difficult time being kind to ourselves is that we do an awful lot of pretending with others. That we pretend to be kind to them because we want them to like us and we want them to be happy and we want them to be happy so they'll like us. And it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. Yep. And so yes. and so we and so we don't offer ourselves that same kind of falseness. And as we begin to learn to offer ourselves true kindness, then we realize what you're saying, which is that it's not about making that other person happy so they'll like me. It's about being able yes. to endure with them as life slings us about. Elizabeth Super Ross used to say, life is a tumbler. Are you going to be broken to bits or come out a polished gem? Yes. How beautiful. Buddhism also talks about that gem as yes. being a, a metaphor for our own compassion that we can, like you said, bring to ourselves in difficulty and offer to others in difficulty. And we don't have to make our relationships a transaction. You know, that's that's where we can just give, you know, give ourselves healing and patience and wisdom and give each other that too. Mm-hmm. What particular practices have you found very beneficial? And also before the show, Sarah Ellen was saying that she was quite curious about the modern yes. 
Well, um, there are many, many practices in the Buddhist tradition, you know, um, and in fact, there's a saying in that tradition that there are 84,000 paths. <laughs> and they use that number just to say, you know, all these different techniques are going to be different for everybody. You know, there's no one size fits all. Um, the practices that have resonated with me and really helped me heal, um, the first is a uh, what's called metta, M-E-T-T-A, metta meditation, which you'll usually hear called loving kindness meditation. And that is a um, from the early Buddhist tradition, and it's a way of silently repeating phrases of kindness, of wisdom, to ourselves and to others. And mm-hmm. you know what the brain scientists tell us today is that it, um, you know, they love to do experiments on meditators, and they found with this particular meditation, this loving kindness meditation, that it's after about 12 weeks of daily practice, you start to see more pro-social behavior, less self-criticism, and mm. just a more general sense of ease. Um, what's believed is happening is you're rewiring old patterns, you know, patterns that are kind of habitual to the negative. Start to balance out so you have a little bit more of you can see your resources as well as your difficulties, you know. And so I practiced loving kindness meditation. I, I actually was in a really difficult moment of my life over a decade ago after my mom died, and I went on a week-long meditation retreat to really learn and um, experience that practice. And after a few days, I... I was still so churned up after, you know, my, my, I had a lot of grief. And yet after a few days, I felt much more steady and much more able to, I just felt like I was going to be okay, that I had this grief and it was really hard and there was nothing wrong with it. And that was really um, sort of revelatory. There was nothing wrong with that. To go back to that gem metaphor, when I feel that my heart is broken, I ask myself to envision that another facet has been chipped off the diamond of my heart so that it shines more brilliantly. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And there's also, you know, I mentioned this meta technique. There's another technique that I practice. It's called Tong Len. It's Tibetan. It's, the translation for that is giving and receiving. And it's a practice of uh, breathing in someone's difficulty and breathing out kindness. And Susan, one of the ways it's practiced is to imagine your heart is like a many-faceted diamond. And you can breathe in the struggle of someone you love, and it gets transformed in that diamond, and you breathe out relief health, kindness for them, or yourself. May it be so. May Mm. it be so. Before too much time gets away from us, let's talk a little bit about your book, which was just re-released and I think expanded this year. Yes, I actually have two books. One is called Navigating Grief and Loss. 
and the other is Steady, Calm, and Grace. They are both um, books that contain 25 Buddhist practices in 25 short chapters uh, that are useful for if you're in, through the, in the grieving process or as in Steady, Calm, and Brave, if you're going through, you know, a crisis in life, a difficult time, someone you know is um, struggling and in the hospital, or you just lost your job, uh, that these practices, uh, you know, I mentioned two of them, are ways that we can um, create resilience for ourselves and to support each other in difficulty. Um, both of the books, uh, in both of the books, I share a lot of my own personal experiences and some experience from people that I know and my, my meditation students, um, just so that people recognize whatever they're going through, they're, they're not alone in it. And, you know, uh, like I mentioned, people come to me, they want, they don't want to have any feelings anymore and they don't want to have any imperfections or vulnerabilities and yet that's where we connect, you know, with each other. And in telling our stories, I think we, we have a little bit less shame in them. And, for example, in the Navigating Grief book, you know, there's a, a couple chapters, one, one in which I talk about how hard it can be after someone dies in your family and people behave badly. It's, we don't like to talk about it. There's an idea that, oh, families all come together in crisis, but that isn't so. And how can we have compassion for ourselves and wisdom, you know, going through these vulnerable and difficult and unexpected times? Well, there are tools that we can use, you know, and um, we can train our minds and get in touch with our bodies so that a difficult time is not made more difficult. And these books are available from you, from bookstores? Both of them are available at any of your bookstores. They're on Amazon. They're on bookshop.org. Um, you can uh, look on my website, which is meditationwithheart.com, and there are links there to both of them. Meditationwithheart.com. What would you say to the person who says, oh, meditation sounds like a good idea. I don't have time. Oh, I love it. I love those people. Well, first of all, I would say, not everybody has to meditate. It's, you know, there are many, many ways to healing and, you know, find the one that suits you. But I would say to everyone that if you're curious about meditation and you think you can't do it, that you already do do it. We all um, practice mindfulness in certain ways. We all know these moments when, for example, we're upset and we get in the bathtub. Okay, this is a moment of recognizing, okay, taking care of my body and coming into this uh, body sensation clears my mind a little bit and soothes me. And that is, you know, a type of mindfulness. You know, we've all had those moments of perhaps walking um, down the street on a beautiful day and we just have a sense of uh, clarity 
and our mind is not filled with distress or worries about the future or the past. And these are all um, moments of kind of our natural mind, our natural um, inclination towards uh, clarity, towards uh, steadiness. And for anyone out there who's curious about meditation, who has doubts, you know, start small. All you need to do really, and I encourage anyone listening here, set aside your devices for five minutes. Just set them all aside. Sit in your kitchen. Put your hand on your heart. Just feel your breath for five minutes. That's it. And see what comes up. You know, you will be... I think almost everyone will have a sense of ease and a sense of connection with yourself, even though it might be, it might seem unfamiliar and it might feel like you're doing something wrong. Connecting with yourself in this way, I think it's the greatest healing you can do. And don't set the timer. If you're going to sit quietly yep. with your hands on your heart and love yourself and like you're done in 30 seconds, then be done in 30 seconds. And the next time, it will be longer. Beautiful. Don't, don't hold yourself to any standard by which you can put yourself down. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because we're talking about serenity and grace and ease. And if you're not serene and graceful and easy, it's pretty easy to make it yet another struggle that shows you how useless life is. Yes, and that is such a good point and a good reminder for everyone who's listening. You might sit down, put your hand on your heart, breathe, and your mind feels very wild. You you feel the opposite of uh, serene. And that's okay. You're not trying to change um, something, quote-unquote, negative into something, quote-unquote, positive. You are bringing your kindness to whatever's arising. And in that way, it all becomes um, your beautiful experience. How beautifully you put it. You are being present with whatever you are experiencing. And the more you do that, the more you can be present with what others are experiencing. That's it. That's exactly it. And... And we need as many people on this planet as possible who can sit with their own joys and sorrows and sit with everybody else's. You know, it's a really important skill, knowing we don't have to react all the time. We can just pause and be and then consider what's the best way forward. One of the real difficulties of being in major grief is to see that other people are so discomforted by your grief that you have to take care of them. Yes. Yes. This it, Certainly in our culture, in this time period, people don't know how to grieve and really uh, struggle with being with everybody else's grief, you know? Yes. And uh, a lot of, of having grief is just having it. 
saying it's okay to be here. Just being with it and to have someone who doesn't tell you it's okay or tell you how sorry they are or tell you anything at all but simply looks at you with loving kindness makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. And anyone I've talked to, and certainly it's true for me, having someone just sit with you and say, and they don't give advice or try to take anything away, and who just say, I hear you, I'm with you. Um, it's amazing. It's an amazing to be feel to feel understood and connected um, in that moment. Grief makes us feel alone. Yeah. And so there is there is a powerful desire to be alone, but there is equally powerful a desire to share it. Yeah. One of the, I mentioned loving-kindness meditation, and it's a practice where you say a few phrases like, may I be safe, may I be happy, may I be at peace, and you say them to yourself, to people you love, to people you don't like. And in the grieving process, it's really useful to be able to give this metta, this loving-kindness to yourself, and then offer it to others who share a similar grief. So if you're someone who's lost, you know, your um, sister, that you can offer that to everyone who's lost a sister. May we be safe. May we be healthy. May we be at peace. Um, And it really helps people feel less alone in this difficulty. Yes. We become one with the others of humanity and recognize that we didn't do something wrong. We aren't a bad person, that we are being punished. We don't have to learn a lesson. We are having an experience. It's beautiful. Yep, and it's an experience everyone will have. You know, Buddhism really um, emphasizes um, the truth of life. And the truth is that we have joys and connections, that we have sorrows and difficulty, and that everything is always changing. And each one of us will get sick, will grow older, and will die. And we'll all lose, you know, we'll lose things that we love. And when you tell that to people at first, it's like, well, why would I want to be a Buddhist? That's horrible. But that but that's is the, the best, truth the of five, life. The five, no, the five noble truths, right? You're yes. going to die. Yes. Everybody you love is going to die, right? Every, everything you think you own, you don't own it at all, right? Exactly. Yeah. And there's no way to argue with it. There's just, you know, so in my mind and in my life, it's been um, a really a great comfort and a great um, opportunity to be able to see that clearly. And it doesn't, it doesn't make me um, invulnerable to pain or sorrow, but it does make me open to having it when that arises. And not thinking, oh, like you said, oh, I did something wrong, or why did that happen, or who can I blame? 
it's, wow, this human experience is sometimes so hard. Sometimes so hard and sometimes so transcendent and filled with wonderful, wonderful joy when we look upon all of the beauty that we are surrounded with. What haven't we talked about? What haven't we talked about that you wanted to talk (laughs) about tonight? Well, I just really want to encourage everyone to, um, to just take some time to get in touch with themselves. You know, it really concerns me that we are more and more um, on our devices, on the Internet. I, I'm not immune to that either, you know. Um, but I think that um, for modern people to make sure that we just be with ourselves, go for a walk, you know, um, take a few breaths, whatever it might be, to get in touch with your own heart. Feel your feet. Feel the sun on your face. Feel the rain, you know. Um, I, it just seems like we're very caught in uh, the future, in the past. And those are just thoughts. The future and the past are just thoughts. Instead, we can, you know, use our these tools of mindfulness, of compassion, and be here, you know, with the unfolding of life. Because out of that comes deep wisdom. If we can see clearly what's happening, then we can react in the appropriate ways, in skillful ways, with our voice, with our actions, you know. Um, and right now, it's. I think our minds are very clouded. Again, I'm not immune to it. I, I have an Internet, you know. Um, and I think it's very easy to get very caught and very reactive in it rather than, you know, I'm going to... You know, you, you know exactly, exactly the same thing was said about reading. Oh, is that interesting? Uh-huh. That it took people away from nature, away from each other, and away from what was real. Uh-huh. And, and it I does, suppose it does. It, it does. But it does more than that, doesn't it? Oh, it yeah, makes, of course. It makes the world possible in ways it never was before. And so does the yes. Internet. Anything, yes. can be, anything can be misused, but it's not the thing itself that's to blame. It's our unskillfulness and I really honor you as a teacher of skillfulness of ways to encounter the problems and the joys of life being steady calm and brave you know I think we are reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients and that we are each bringing to this great reweaving the most interesting threads that we can find. And thank you for weaving steady, calm, and brave into this healing cloak. What are the last words you'd like to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone listening to you tonight, Kimberly Brown? May all be safe and happy and peaceful. Thank you so much, Susan. What a pleasure. You too, Kimberly. And hey, 
everybody, if you are with family, you know what they said on the airplane to us today? They said, you're going to be with your family. Be kind to your family, no matter how much they aggravate you. Isn't that a nice thing to be told on the airplane? It was very, very crowded. Nonetheless, we had a pretty good time. May you all have a wonderful time and remember to bring some green blessings wherever you go. See you next week. Bye-bye.